Moncrief on News Talk. Like a magician on the field, dodging one, two, three, unstoppable. Look at him, go. The crowd is roaring. Can you believe this? He's taken on the whole defence. He's a one-man show, ladies and gentlemen. He shoots. Goal! Messi, Messi, Messi! Unbelievable. What a goal. What a goal. Glorious. Absolutely glorious. The stadium explodes in joy. This is football magic at its finest. Only Messi. Only Messi. Goal, goal, goal. I think he was referring to the player called Messi rather than somebody made a big mess uh, during the course of that. Sorry, sports commentators, you're fired. That was AI. The creators of ChatGPT earlier this week announced that in future people would be able to create their own customised versions of the programme. Just before we're both replaced by machines, Elaine Burke of the For Tech Sake podcast is here to tell us what it all means. Afternoon, Elaine. Good afternoon. Uh, that um, You just paused there to so just... Reassure I'm really people here. I'm human. a real yeah. person. Yeah. Uh, now that wasn't great, but at the same time, if if uh, that's just something somebody knocked up, you could presumably, with time, get to a point where you couldn't tell the difference. Presumably. Um, so this was knocked up by someone using the new tools that have been made available by OpenAI. It announced this week that it was basically going to allow its users to tinker around with the various products, connect the dots with them. So this connects the dots between its uh, computer vision model, which can see the footage that's been put into it. Mm. Uh, then the text generator model, which we'd be more familiar with, ChatGPT, where it can generate text. And then a new text-to-speech engine. So it takes the text that's been generated and then turns that into the speech that we heard, which is the commentary. So it connects the dots of those few things. And this is not a person who worked for OpenAI who built this. It's just some guy who's got access to the tools. Uh, he's like a ChatGPT subscriber, mm. essentially. But when you look at the code, which he has released on GitHub, you can actually see the specifics that were put into it. So it actually says to the text generation engine to write in the style of an excited Brazilian commentator uh, who is a big fan of Messi and Messi it identifies that Messi is the player who scores the goal in the footage. So it's not necessarily that the system recognised that it was Messi. Yeah. It was told that it was Messi and it was told the goal was scored and it was also told to scream goal multiple times. So it was actually told to do a lot of the things that we heard there. So it's not as autonomous as maybe we might think an AI doing this would be and that's if you wanted to replace commentators it would need to do it live it would need to do it responsively and it would need to do it accurately so identifying what player is doing what which is Mm. tricky even for real um, commentators to do sometimes but you you think given that a lot of the identification basically stems from the number on their shirt Yes, yeah, so that's something that computer vision could mm. identify quite easily, but it would still need a good shot of the shirt in, in play and sometimes you yeah. don't have visibility on the back of the shirt and that kind of thing. But it, it's definitely possible. That's the thing. This just shows that this stuff is possible. And like I said, this uh, was done by Gonzalo Espinosa Graham, who is a developer. He has his own AI kind of company that he's working on as a startup. Um, it's something that he knocked up together quite quickly. And the tools that OpenAI released this week uh, has this uh, element called GPT Builder, which you can kind of engage in a conversation with a bot in natural language, the way we're talking now, like not know- knowing the code language mm, or anything like yeah. that, and build your own version of a, a GPT or a GPT tool. And you can right. do that with the prompts that are being guided to you by this engine itself, the GPT Builder. Okay, so anyone could do it. You don't need to be a coder, essentially. No, no, not at all. Uh, and you would need a, a GPT subscription. And even um, so to do that little piece of footage that we heard earlier, that costs about $30 to feed huh. those frames into the system because each token or each uh, request that you make to the system will cost you a certain amount of money and the the amount of frames in a piece of footage and that's a short piece of footage he only used 
one, every tenth frame and it still costs them $30 to generate that little piece. So like the cost could be prohibitive as yes, well yeah. in that case too. Yeah. But say in if anyone could do it, could you kind of have a personal, uh, you know, you're going on your holidays to, you know, Nairobi uh, uh, and you can, you know, AI can figure out where you should go, commentate to you as you're walking around on your phone to tell you what that's, places that's you're what looking at. That's what they're suggesting that could be built now um, by you know, randomers, essentially. Yeah. So now there was a demo during the developers conference by one of OpenAI's employees, actually very senior employees, the head of developer experience at OpenAI, Romaine Hewitt. He demonstrated what's called Wanderlust, which was to show people what the capabilities are. And if someone was watching it, they probably wouldn't be that impressed watching the demo because it does show he suggests, let's go to Paris. That's his only input. Hmm. And then it, you know, brings up a map, zooms in on Paris. And then he asks for 10 places to visit in Paris. And ChatGPT can do that for you. Anyway, again, I would always tell people to check what ChatGPT has uh, given them as an output because sometimes they can suggest bad things, things that maybe don't exist anymore, things that are closed on that time that you're going, things like that. Um, But it does that. It gives you the 10 suggestions. And then it automatically made pins on the map of those suggestions. And that's where you see hear all the developers clapping um, at the conference. And the reason for that is because what we're seeing there is like agent-like capabilities. So this, this concept of an AI agent is something that will autonomously uh, take control of a task for you and, and take multiple steps without you having to constantly prompt it every time. Okay. So what, what was impressive there, what the developers were cheering for was the fact that without being prompted, it generated the pins on the map. Because you just asked for 10 places to go in Paris. It gave you the text of that, but it automatically knew and inferred from the conversation it was having with uh, the person given the inputs that they will also want that marked on the map. Yeah. So it's kind of like linking systems together, mm. but also making inferences and being able to work more autonomously with less human input. So that's some of the boosting that's been done with the technology. Uh, how does OpenAI make money? If they're giving all this stuff away. Well, like I said, it costs $30 just to make that little snippet of audio. So there are subscribers. The the developers that are using these tools, they would be subscribers to ChatGPT. um, And it's a cost. Like it's a... it, I think it's less than a cent, if not like a cent or, or, or two for like a request or a token or, or that kind of rate. So it depends on like the level of use that you're doing with the with the systems. That's how much it will cost you. But then you have big companies will have enterprise contracts because they've now released this enterprise model. And that's so that companies can actually plug in their own data into the system and start analysing that using uh, OpenAI's technology. And they're definitely making money through those contracts. So what they're targeting is uh, a $90 billion valuation within the next year, Crikey. I believe. And that's from a company that's fairly... Like it's it's been around longer than we've been aware of it in, in the yeah. general public, but it's still fairly new as a company. And I also announced at that developer conference, there was a lot of hoo-ha made about the fact that ChatGPT was the fastest tool to reach 100 million monthly users. They now claim to have 100 million weekly users and Whoa. 2 million developers using the platform and they'll be subscribers. So that's where they're making a lot of money. Do OpenAI have competition? Please tell me they do or tell me they don't. I don't know. You went on with a war of AI. Oh, God. <laughs> well, that does sound terrifying. That does sound very dystopian, doesn't it? But they do actually have competitors. So there's Anthropic, which is a company uh, that's based in Europe. Um, they have an AI called Claude, which, uh, in, yeah, I love the names French, of isn't it? Yeah. Um, they, <laughs> they have re- received a lot of compliments for Claude being a little bit smarter and more capable in some cases than mm. ChatGPT. So some... Uh, chatbots are better than others for different things and Claude has its strengths and ChatGPT has its strengths. Uh, Elon Musk have, has released Grok, which I haven't played around with. Uh, says that that's his chatbot to rival ChatGPT yeah. that he built overnight, apparently. Um, I'm, I'm a lot more sceptical about that. Um, and then there, there are another few companies 
involved in this space, but OpenAI just happens to be very, very ahead of the curve here. Yeah. And, and a lot of that stems from the fact that it got huge investment from Microsoft in this. So Microsoft would have been involved in Satya Nadella, the CEO, spoke at the developers conference. They gave billions into the OpenAI project, essentially. So they... They, they as a company have been heavily invested in, they have the money, they have the wherewithal, they have Sam Altman as the CEO, which again, wouldn't be a well-known figure in the mainstream until recently. But anyone who's been watching tech for as long as I have, he is a key figure. He was a CEO of Reddit of, at one point, briefly, and mm. he was the head of Y Combinator, which was a startup uh, accelerator. So he was involved in boosting a lot of startups in Silicon Valley. He's very well connected, very savvy when it comes to investments and, and things like that, and a very good businessman in this case as well. Okay. I'm still looking forward to, uh, to seeing what Claude can do. Uh, <laughs> Elaine, thanks for coming into us. That was Elaine Burke there, host of the For Tech's Sake podcast. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.